Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and always remember, as the well-known blind seer Helen Keller said, quotation marks, uh, alone we can do so little. Together, we can completely gang up on someone who decided to play magic too early and too fast and is clearly the threat. Squee McGee getting caught up on meta traffic with the Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Well, he looks like Walter White sanitizing his lab, but it's his play area. Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. This bit should be retired. No, nope, it's not. It's not a retired bit yet. We're climbing the ladder. I we mean, like I feel like weeks ago. I feel like they brought it back because they announced that they 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 I guess supposedly are going to give us some sort of this, semblance this of what month. happened. But well, the best yeah. part. So I'll see. I'll believe this. it when I see it. Even if it does happen, there is still a good chance that we don't win anything. And then what? Oh, we're absolutely not winning. You don't think yeah, so? Sure. No. Why would we? we we're, were not top, that we're cool. We're the top six. We, we, <laughs> we bring the people with it. We bring the beats on the streets. See, we bring the that sounds bad when we say we're in the top six. That's what the person in sixth place says. Oh, I made hey, the top six. I, if, I mean, we were, if we were number I mean, one, we'd be like, we dude, we were number the one. Year this was supposed to come out. Granted, we're halfway through the now, next year when we're supposed to find now, out. Look, but, like, we're pretty new. I, the, pe- the other people on the list were way too schlubbish to even bother remembering their names and starting just starting some sort of fake internet feud with. You know what? So we should go back bother. and see is if but they're all that, still active. Even with that known, we're, we're locked in. Guaranteed. And now we're going to start off at the top of the cast, ladies and Carter's been in suit with 45. So I did get permission to talk about this game uh, because oh, yeah, it was... Permission? Yeah, because... It, so it was... Uh, was it, under was it under was it under duress? <laughs> uh, <laughs> under duress. No. Um, so it was Patron Nathan. That's his name now. Patnan uh, or Patnat. Ooh, like it. Ooh, so he was he was debuting his brand new uh, discard deck with Angie or Anjay, I believe he called her. What? And Is that like yeah, Yogi? He, 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 he built a Angie Falconrath deck, which, guys, if you're not familiar, she's the one that it's you incredible. can tap her, discard a card, and if it was a, uh, and draw a card, and, and if the discarded card was a madness card, you untap her. Um, Great commander, and, and, and severely underplayed. It's really fun. Um, and he did do his, there's a World Gorger combo in there. Oh, yuck. <laughs> so Nathan's doing his things. He's going through it. Uh, it's like me, Nathan, and Will. And Will is playing his Counters Matters deck. And Will has the enchantment where at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 20 counters, you win the game. Uh, Hex Pinnacle? Mm, no, Helix, I think, is 100. Um, Simic uh, Ascendancy? Brexy, it's a... Uh... Oh, that is no, one. I think that's it's Ascendancy. Yeah, that's 20. That is yeah, one. And then there's also counters, like yeah. the Phyrexian one, right? That's indestructible. Yeah, so it, it was Simic Ascendancy. Um, and Will was doing a lot of gross stuff. And it was like, oh, God, Nathan, we got to do something or he's going to win. Well, Nathan just starts anging nonstop, <laughs> just going at it, going ham. And then he gets World Gorger in the uh, graveyard. And I'm like, uh oh, we, we, we got a response for that. I know, I know how this and, works. <laughs> And Will was like, oh, I don't really have a counter spell. Uh, so he then casts Animate Dead. Do you have a counter spell? 
no, but he, he was like, but let me try this. And so he went ahead and bounced Angie back to the command zone, whether it was like a death or exile, can't remember what the effect was. But basically we knew once that happened, no counter spell, he's gonna have infinite mana right. with World Gorger. That's just the way it works. And Nathan says, okay guys, well I win. Me and Will were like, well, how do you win? He's like, well, I got infinite mana, I could draw my deck. And it's like, well, you actually can't because Angie's not on the battlefield. So what are you going to do with infinite mana? Because yes, you can cast Angie, but you can only draw so many cards until maybe you run out of madness cards. Right. It was the first time he'd ever played the deck. And so we, we made him play through it. And the reason I'm bringing this up for a 40 life and a dash is I think it's key to where if you know what your loop is and it's like, okay, if I do this, I win the game. If it gets disrupted, you'll need to play it out because unless you have some sort of sync for your infinite mana, which he didn't, he had no sync for it. Uh, He basically did it until he only had lands in hand and then went ahead and had to pass the turn. He still won in, uh, I think, two turns or three turns. He killed Will on the spot because he got enough removal to get all of his creatures away and then swung in with a um, 10-10 Phyrexian. It's the it's the guy that whenever you draw a card, uh, each opponent takes a damage. Psychosis Crawler? Psychosis Crawler. So he had a 10-10 Psychosis Crawler, so he was able to kill Will, and so it was just me and him. And he he eventually won in two or three turns off the uh, Psychosis Crawler uh, triggers, but I thought it was very important, even though it was annoying, and he got a win eventually. I was playing my mono white deck. All I needed was like a disenchant, (laughs) and it was done. Um, And I would have been fine. So, yeah, just if you build a new deck and you get disrupted and it's like, well, I could have infinite mana. Well, unless you could specifically call out what you do in your plot line, just play it out. And, you know, Nathan was a gent enough to do it. And it was good because now he can see that that's a gap in his deck. Mm -hmm. Okay, if this gets disrupted now, what do I do to actually win? Because he did end up getting stuck to just having lands in hand. And then I even think on the next turn, he couldn't even kill me then because he had just lands in he right. couldn't even get Angie to go. So, yeah, uh, that, whatever, whatever gimmick we're doing for August, we got to make sure it includes Angie because we should definitely talk about mine because it's a blast. <laughs> Wait, what? So we've been doing gimmicks the last two months of like artifacts okay. and then like pause or like don't hurt me decks, right? Okay. So whatever gimmick we decide to go with in August, it needs to. I would like to do my Angie deck in that gimmick. Well, if she's not a gimmick, then she can't be in the gimmick month. She's a gimmick. How's she a gimmick? What you, uh, madness! There you go! <laughs> oh, all you know madness, what's madness? Is why don't you talk about a game that you've recently okay. played? Uh, so we'll kind of joint game, we'll kind of joint here with me yeah, and Squeeze. So tag team action. Friend of the show, Tice, was in uh, over the weekend doing great. Uh, and here we are as well. By the way. Up. Yep. Yep. My sweet Zyance, the stuff's uh, lifesaver. And he, he built a commander cube that he was really excited about, and I am too. Um, we got to see it on the internet a couple times. And unfortunately, we cannot get the people together because we literally have like four people that play magic in person right now, maybe right. five, and ha- and a couple of them were busy, and it just didn't work out. So instead, we did this we did this new game format, which we got to play late night on Friday. Oh, that was a lot Big, of fun. Big deck. It's great. So pretty much, it you, was a lot you, of fun. If you have a cube and you don't want to go through the whole rigmarole of shuffling it. I have a question before you continue. It's called the big deck. Also can be called the big D. And I believe Tice was driving to Dallas. Yes. Or drive. No, even better. Even better. He was driving from Dallas to Denver. 
to Indianapolis. Oh, but it's still D's the around. double D. The double D. You nailed it. You know it. what we should have done? We should have tried to play magic on John's big deck in downtown Kansas oh, City. Play big deck on the big deck. So yeah. anyway, pretty much how it works is, and I, we don't need to get into the whole rules of it because who knows if that's going to happen again. But you, you're playing with no lands in the deck except for the non-basics that you that are in his cube, right? And pretty much you just shuffle up yeah. the cube a bunch and just plop down a bunch of cards in front of you. And that's the library that everyone is drawing from. And there's okay. like some ways to get lands and stuff. But it was actually kind of fun because like it makes you play pretty much everyone turns into a Wooberg deck, right? As you would with this sort of thing. <laughs> sure. But it's also funny because like you also hit runs where it's like, oh I guess this is his elf package, right? We didn't shuffle that oh, one yeah. up good enough. Yep. Or whatever the case may be. So it was just kind of fun because it felt like a it felt like a cool mixture of like sealed it's like I so one of the reasons why I hate draft and I hate limited is because the games just kind of go on forever because like you're like a two two flyer is just gonna win right because right, there's no sure. removal or anything like that. Whereas here you're kind of doing the same idea but you're doing it turn by turn and also with like good commander cards right. So and we played what twenty life. Uh, yeah, it's, I think we switched can, to thirty you, after that, but it's like yeah, you can discard a card from your hand like to go get a land as a source right. and you just pick whatever you need. Oh, that's kind of uh, cool. Basic land. You exile, so you exile. Yeah, yeah. So the real quick rules, we can get into it just in case everyone has a cube. So this will take, I'll do it in two minutes. <laughs> start the timer. Rule number one, exile a card from your hand. Go get a basic land to the battlefield. It counts for um, land to hand and all that stuff. If you have an ability that lets you play more lands, a la exploration, you can do that up to the number of lands you can play in a turn. If you are going to tutor your deck, if it's a non-specific tutor, a la demonic tutor, you search the top five cards. If it's a specific tutor, you search the top ten cards of the big deck yourself. What? Oh, I don't like that. If there's any, if there's any sort of, <laughs> uh, if there's any sort of thing that will tuck something into the library or put it to the bottom of the deck. You then exile that from the game, and if you run off cards in the deck, you just get a new handful of cards from the cube and slap it down. <laughs> I think that's it, and I did that in it looks like a minute thirty. So yeah, yeah. It's, that sounds about right. So, like I said, like there's also there's also oh, and then the last thing because it's a commander cube. Once per game, you can take a card from your hand and exile it from your hand to the command zone, and then it becomes your commander for the rest of the game. Has to be a legendary, but has yeah, to be that's legendary. Stipulator. Or stipulation. So, how many times can you do that? Only once. One time. One. One time. Unless it's partners, then you can do it twice. That's it. But you get these weird openers where I, I had in my first seven cards, I had Yidris, Atraxa, and another three-drop legendary, or another three-color legendary. So I was like, ah, I don't know what to do. I went with Atraxa and ended up winning because Atraxa. So, um, so any- other question. Once you exile it to the command zone, does that become the color identity of your deck, or are you still a Wooburg deck? You're it's open. Still You're open on color identity. It's always Wooburg. Because because okay. you could draw if you, like the reason why you do that is like let's say you exile a two drop you know legendary like I think Tice exiled Sidar Kondo or something like that mm-hmm. um, when he did that he like he had cards in hand that were red and it could have been that sure. we were hitting a black section of the of the cube and no idea right because we still haven't figured out a way to shuffle it so that it's just so that you can there's tons of legendaries in there right so you're like mm-hmm. you have to make a choice where it's yeah, like I do think I want- everybody got at least two that yeah. game that you yep. that you could work with. But yeah, it was a blast. Cool. I really enjoyed it. It was a quick game, uh, partially thanks to Big Tuck. Uh, that does not sound like it would go quick. I would say they go they go thirty minutes to an hour tops. 
Wow. Yeah. So so it's very. It, it's, it's only it's, twenty it's a life. Bit so longer like, than yeah. It's okay. It's, it, at least when we played, it was twenty life. And then I think like I ended up getting way. Uh, I discarded almost my entire hand to ramp really really fast, and then played like an army of the damned on turn four or something yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> so I did that, and then I think Tice wiped out everything that I had, and then that went to the yard, and then I flashed it back the next turn after discarding another card for land, and. Then I think I, I swung through after I had a, played a champion of Lambolt, then flashed back the army of the Dan, which put their. How did you get champion of Lambolt when this is all completely random? Yet you get one of your pet cards. <laughs> hey man, she knows. You also got exploration. She knows. <laughs> it, so anyway, so um, it kind of made you like it was very fun, and it was kind of it's kind of cool because you me and Tice did that a couple times. Heads up, uh, friend of the show, Aaron, single Aaron, he stopped by um, at some point during the weekend. We played around with him. So, like, it's just kind of fun where it's like you don't have to go through. It's It gives you, like, the benefit of a cube without having to go through the whole rigmarole of shuffling it with lanes and stuff. Sure. Which is exciting to know because single Aaron also has a commander cube that we might be able to do sometime in the near future. I like it. Guys, I think that's going to wrap up 40 Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? So what we thought we would do, because um, game stores had kind of opened. Now, granted, at the time of this recording, I did just read that Wizards is postponing all in-person pre-release and events until at least Zendikar Rising. Uh, but, you know, you may want to, like I know we have, you know, try to get in with at least a few people to play some IRL magic. So we thought we would kind of give some of our best practices, things that uh, you can do in the pandemic. So if you want to play with, you know, your different friends, the guys, the gals, the gore claws of the world, uh, you, you can maybe learn a little bit from the CMD Tower crew and what we kind of think. So uh, open panel, open discussion. We're going to kind of break this down into a few different things. First thing is, you know, be around the environment, the protocol, you know, what kind of room or area you should be in that's the safest. What's the one that's, you know, maybe not the, the best, you know, the, the people maximum, things like that. Uh, the next one would be who to invite, you know, which of your friends or uh, zombie knights you could trust to kind of be able to do something like this. Um, distance with other players sitting at a table or pods. Uh, and then how often should you actually be doing this just to be the safest? So we'll start off the first one of the protocol and environment. And uh, I, I definitely know from a CDC perspective that they say the risk of getting it uh, being outside is, you know, a lot, lot less than being mm -hmm. in an enclosed mm -hmm. area. I know Duffman has talked about, you know, screened in porch would be perfect or yes. ideal. Um, I have a couple, you know, picnic table type things outside on mine that are separated. We just always kind of get worried about wind, mm -hmm. you know. Right, yeah, um, it can take your whole deck away. <laughs> yeah, because that's happened before. See ya! Uh, see ya! And, and, and then no one's worried about protocol at all because you're scrambling to get your underground sea before someone steps on it or it lands in the mud. Or goes, or goes, <laughs> in, or goes into Davis's beard. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, I think for the most part where I kind of stand with it is I, I will always defer to play outside if possible. Mm. But if the group is, let's just say my basement, it's about 20, 25 feet wide, 10-ish feet deep. Right. We could do two four pods six plus feet away from each other and both tables are fairly large where everyone's going to be three to four feet from each other um i'm i'm okay with that but i did i did kind of put a little thing on it though i think i'd want to run my attic fan 
mm-hmm. while I was going mm-hmm. through because that will still pull and then open up the basement door. That still pulls fresh air out, through yeah. the basement right. and out. So, I mean, Squee, where do you kind of stand with what should the environment look like when you're trying to get an in-person game? I mean, obviously, I think, you know, personally, one, I would I would probably limit it to maybe, I don't know, four to six people where you don't have a huge group walking around because, like, even in a skinny basement, like, my basement's the same where it's maybe 10 feet wide. So, like, if you have two pods, people still have to walk back and forth to go to the bathroom and do all this mm-hmm. type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd try and get, like, a bigger square room, put the table in the middle, you got some space to work with around there and you know obviously uh you know if you have fans or if you can have the windows open or whatever that's great um but you know being summertime squee right now i would say just play outside if you can uh <laughs> try and try and catch some uh some heat sauna outside it's free it's like going to the gym you get a sauna you don't have to do anything to sweat it's great um but yeah just just be careful or careful of your cards i've definitely had quite a few just kind of fly all over the panel oh, yeah. or ports wherever we're playing so uh if you can maybe play on something or have little dice that you can put on your, your cards if they're there. So they don't blow around. That could help too. Yeah, for sure. Big tuck. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am in a very, I am in a very strange part with this whole thing, which we don't need to get into right now. Maybe we will later. So for me, it's kind of, a, I think it really depends on the group, right? Where it's like, if people want to do that, if you want to, okay, so we might get into that later. So let me stop myself. <laughs> I think what we should do, I think if you can, if you can do it outside, do it outside. For example, your background, Mr. Combo is, is like pretty lax of a wind tunnel. And I've noticed that most backyards where they're sitting below a fence line are pretty good with wind. Um, now, right. if you go and play at like a patio on a brewery or something that's not as fenced in, they go, it's, it's madness, right? Um, <laughs> it's madness. It's madness. So, and I was trying to think it's like, you know how they have those Japanese like people go get dressed behind them, right? Like the mm-hmm. paper. Oh yeah. So little, like maybe like foldable wall. Yeah. So it's like okay, maybe like a couple of those might help. But then I realized that if you don't do that right, you just create your own wind tunnel. Um, I don't think people just have those hanging. Yeah, around probably the not house just have line those, those lying around. But yeah, so like I think it's like if you do. If, even if you're trying to be creative, so like for instance at Squeeze House, even if you wanted, you could have people play in the basement. They have their own bathroom. People play right. upstairs. They have their own bathroom. And yeah, my, even at my cool. house, we could have people in my dining room on the, with the table without the wings out. And, and then, then you yeah. have like two staircases, so you could have one staircase that goes right. directly outside, and one other. Right, right. Elsewhere. So like. I think, you know, obviously um, these times or what's the thing where it's um, restriction breeds creativity. So it's it's really just being about how you feel comfortable. And, you know, if you have, if you do have to play outside, maybe don't bring your blinged out $7,000 back and maybe just play something. That's We're a talking uh, Kiri the Line Slinger. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. So the next one, and I think this is one that'll probably be like the most uncomfortable for people to really talk about with, with their, their friend group because it's a little weird. Who should you be willing to invite to this? And what we mean by that, oh. which of your friends have been, A, taking it seriously. Uh, if they had symptoms, if they go get tested, uh, you know, just h- how do you approach that and, and who do you do that with? And so, you know, the way I kind of look at it, because I have taken this fairly seriously, um, and we'll get into how frequently you, I see people later at the, at the very end. But from like a person perspective, I've tried to only interact with people that are also taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. But then once I'm around those people, 
I'm a little bit more lax. Not necessarily meaning I'm doing like uh, stomach shots. Off I was gonna say I saw I seen you I saw you last time we played cards. There was a lot of mouth on mouth kissing. I'm not gonna say with yeah. you, but no, no, it was not, a lot. It was not going that far, but I like, you know, we had a few people over for the 4th of July. I didn't wear a mask because every single person I knew had either A, been recently tested uh, or they have taken it extremely seriously as well. And so it's like, OK, we can be a little bit more lax, even though there's a few more people around us. Uh, but definitely, you know, like we've talked about it before, you know, good friend at the cast Davis for probably the first two two and a half months of this whole thing he's one of my best friends i did not see him re refuse to do it because he is someone that proactively talks about like oh this isn't a big deal etc etc but then when i kind of took a step back he talks a lot of that but he doesn't go anywhere he literally <laughs> sits in squeeze basement and plays apex I think he's right over and there. doesn't see anyone he, is. he absolutely he is probably playing apex or rocket league <laughs> uh and so you know it, it's one of those things to where you know, if you have a friend that talks a big game like, oh, I'm a CEDH player, but all their actions are I'm a jank vehicle tribe player. OK, <laughs> I, I really I know really where you actually stand and you really just want to stir the pot. So that's kind of where I'm at from like a who should you select to do this if you decide to be in person? Squee, where do you stand? Um, I'm actually almost on exactly the same page there. You know, I tend to if it's if it's people that I have seen regularly over the last couple of weeks, it's people that I know again are taking it seriously and really not doing a lot outside of just going to work. Um, you know, making sure that you're staying safe when you go out, blah blah blah. So you know, yeah, and I'm kind of like you too, where you know, once I get into a group of people that I know and I trust, and I I know that everybody there is good or is like been cleared or whatever the case may be working from home really doesn't leave the house much then yeah I'm, I'm a little more lackadaisical in that situation yeah we're not like having hugs and you know sharing drinks and all that uh, coming in a hon yeah but yeah i mean as long as you just like <laughs> playing to the distance if you will you know like and you'll you'll probably be fine with those people in in my mind because if everybody's taking it seriously then then i mean your risk is pretty low tuck where you at bro well like whoever you don't care <laughs> Here's, have, have you recently tested? Did you test positive? Let me lick your face. Yeah, right. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to make out. Can I have human contact? It doesn't matter from whom. Uh, so, um, for me, I don't. There's no. There's no one I associate with. Period. Who's like someone who has a who's going to city hall with a machine gun and stand out there and be like, I'm not wearing masks, right? Like, I don't hang yeah. out with those kinds of people. <laughs> Um, so for me, I've actually been more open to it. I have like, I kind of put it more on the person to come because out of anyone, I think me, me and my brother, which is a story we don't get, need to get into here. Uh, <laughs> me and my, I think me and my brother have seen more people and traveled more since this thing has happened than almost anyone else that I'm aware of. Right. And for me, it's more of like, I'm open to inviting everyone. Right. Who I know is a, a moron. Like. My friend McNeely, for example, never leaves his house normally. So me being like, hey, do you want to come over and hang? It's not so, it's not so much of a worry. And I think, in my opinion, that kind of puts it on them to feel what their comfort level is, right? Since I have, I'm evidently the like epicenter of our current panic of our friend group. <laughs> uh, so it's for me, it's like, hey, I can you come and help me with the saying? Do you feel comfortable coming over? If not, I totally get it, right? Yeah, and and right. because I don't associate with people like. 
I know, I know everyone I'm, everyone I hang out with is taking it seriously. I know I'm the most like out of the house and out and around person of our friend group for the most part. Right. Um, and especially if people have like significant others or people that are at risk, they do a better, they do a good job already of being like, no, I'm not going to come. So for me, I'd rather, this is just me personally. I'd rather invite and hear no, than be like, oh, why didn't you invite me? Sure. That's just me. And and, that's my situation. Important too, is to just have that like back and forth to say, Hey, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to invite you, but you're not going to hurt my feelings if you don't. Come. Like, Aaron, like Aaron is a good example. He was like working with COVID in a lab because he works for di- like diagnostics. And I think he might have come over once. And then I come up, I think we both kind of realized like, ah, maybe not. But like, we, like again, we weren't making out or anything. But like he went, but like he again. So yeah. normally it's it's like if he was one of these ding dongs who's down at City Hall, he would have been like, I'm fine, right? But he was like, oh, I work in this environment. I'm gonna get tested. And then the best part was when he got when he got the results back, he just sent me a picture of a six pack of Corona. He was like, I'm getting this in me one way or another. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Fair enough. All right, so we've talked about how you should space your environment. We've talked about who you should be inviting. And now people are actually at your casa or apartment. I tried to say that in Spanish, but I don't know what apartment is in Spanish. <laughs> so I failed. Uh, distance with the other players. How do you set up your pods? Um, and the way, I think this is where you're gonna have to be a little bit uncomfortable because you'll be traditionally closer than you would like to be because you can't be six feet away from every single person and play. You might as well just play as our friends at Commander Cookout would say, V-E-D-H. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm of the thought process, though. Normally, Magic, whether it's EDH or, uh, you know, I guess the other formats, if it's a really packed LGS, it's usually you got your play mat and maybe you got like two, three inches in between you and the other person right. uh, to play mat and that's it. I think if you're going to have people over, like I have a big, well, how big do you guys think my downstairs table is? Eight feet? The mm, poker maybe table? seven, seven yeah. or eight, something Somewhere like that. Somewhere seven or eight. Yeah, that's, that's a fair. Somewhere in there. Plenty of room. So I would say normally we cram six to eight people on that table. Right. I think if people came over now, it'd be four tops. Yes. Right. And, and you would have people at the four corners. You'd still be able to get up and peer, be able to see something. You know, if I have that big table that usually I set food on that sometimes I have in the basement for us to play on. Instead of you guys being closer together on that, it would still be opposite edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's where people's comfort levels would come in. Would you like to wear a mask? Mm-hmm. For if sure. you want to wear a mask, you will not offend me right. by it. And the same way around to where if I invite you, tell you this is how we're going to be playing inside. Because I think inside is probably a little bit more prevalent mm-hmm. right. uh, than outside. And if you said, well, I'm only willing to come if I wear a mask, it's either you say, you know what? I'm fine with that. I don't care if I wear a mask while I play Magic. I will inform the other players that, hey, yeah. if you come, they will have to wear masks as well, and then it could be on them to either come or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's something that's kind of person to person. Right. You know, uh, t- to me personally, I-, I think if you've done everything else, I don't think you really have to wear the mask. Right. But if you do, that's fine. But big thing is make sure you have plenty of hand sanitizer everywhere. Oh, for sure. We did that the first time oh, before yeah. the home quarantine went on. And like, I think like, you know, there's some people like every five or 10 minutes would go do a little hand sanitizer. Yep. Uh, so we will do it, you know, once a game, it was just something, oh, you know, I remember I would, the I would grab the little bucket and then I'd just walk around and spray it on everybody, whether they wanted it or not. What he didn't tell us is that it was laced with heroin. Yeah, it sure so that's was. what I was saying. 
Sweeney Gee, how do you how do you feel? Distance with other players at the table, how should you do it? Yeah, I think four people at table max. Uh, try and whatever the biggest table you got, work with that so you can space it out as much as possible. Um, and then key in the game thing, you know, just ask people what their cards are. Don't don't grab other people's cards, you know. Uh, it's going to get annoying, like just having to ask all the time, but I think that's just something you're going to have to live with if we're going to be doing it in person. Personally <laughs> for me, I will happily deal with that over playing online because I audibly don't like playing online. Uh, it's just not my kind of magic experience. Um, but yeah, just, just get used to that. Ask people what they're playing, ask them what their commander does, or like have your phone out so you can look cards up while while they play it so then maybe you don't have to ask them but you can just look it up um, bring your glasses in case you need uh, those yeah. if you're big tuck for sure bring your glasses and or leave um but yeah just do that be safe have some sanitizer wash your hands you know everybody's got a sink use it um right. if you don't have hand sanitizer i know it's off and on on whether people can get it or not or whatever but uh yeah just some soap and water wash your hands that that actually works better than sanitizer anyways Maybe Tuck should bring his sorcerer's spyglass. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so I think you brought up a really interesting point, right? And, like, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but you're right at LGSs. They're trying to cram as many people as possible in there, more foot traffic and that stuff. Yeah. And, and I a lot kinda, of LGSs are small. Yeah, right, which is totally fine, right? But I've kind of noticed that no matter what the situation I've gone to, you always, like, lay your mats out the same way, right? Like, corner to corner yeah. and that same thing. Which is, like, an interesting social dynamic with us, right? Where maybe we get so hammered that's like, oh, this is how it's played online and all this other stuff. We need to think of that, right? Whereas on a, mo on a table that would comfortably fit pe two people on either side, you could easily just all take a side and yeah. you would have that distance between you and still not miss a single thing, right? So yep. I think that, I think that's something to think through too, of like fight your natural instincts of being like, Ooh, what's going on here? Oh, if I can't see this, I'm gonna miss this trigger. Because uh, that's how all magic players talk. Uh, and, and just think about, because even then, you know, if someone's on this side of the table and I have like a smaller dining room table, from elbow to elbow around the table, which is where I'd have to get up and walk to them, it's probably like four or four and a half feet not six probably right but like way more than you know hip hip to hip like like yeah. we're nom all over again <laughs> so that's it i mean like like i said i think just be smart i think like the big takeaway is invite people you're comfortable with if you're not comfortable with going just say that right and just say sorry it's not me and just you know right yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, it's totally okay. Like, 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 like we have a you know good friend Duff. He said I'm I'm down to hang out outdoor activities. Like me and I are gonna go play disc golf tomorrow, and uh, you know he's like not down to play magic, and that's okay. Yeah. Not a big deal. I, I'm not. I don't get offended by that. Um, and like I, I know. Uh, Pat Nat, uh, his wife, has, has a uh, pre-existing medical condition, right, and right, he's right. like, hey, if I did it, we would all need to wear masks. And it was like, well, I don't know how everyone feels about that. And so it was just like, you know what? I don't think our local group is there yet. Right, right. And that's okay. It's not a big deal. No one takes offense to it. It's just more like, I'm not going to try to like harass people to play in person. Yeah. If you're comfortable, you're just comfortable. Take if a you're pulse, not, you're see, not. How yeah. it, see how everybody feels and, and go from there. But say you, we actually do get people to finally sit down at a 40 life and a dash on a Sunday. We, we hammer out some games. We have a great time. Mr. Combo has six too many, like always, <laughs> and uh, wake up hungover the next day. But you might be asking yourself, man, that was a great time. When's the next time should I 
organize something like this. And this is something that I'm actually very big on. I had actually been doing this with our friend Davis for the most part for a while. I'm kind of breaking my rule tomorrow, but I actually traditionally only see any of my friends every two weeks. Mm, I usually put okay. like a two week gap in there just in right, case. Right, right, right. Um, only because, you know, like Davis was trying to convince me that there's this website that basically says your risk of dying of COVID and it tells you your percentages and it's so minuscule. And he tried to use it to like, show me like, see, you shouldn't care. But I actually had almost a 20% chance if, if I get it going to the hospital, mm. I had a 10% chance of having to go to the ICU. Wow. And yes, my, I think my death one was like 0 0.05 sure. or something like that. But still, I was like, holy shit, like a one in five chance, that would suck. Right. And so, like, I had people over for the fourth last week. I'm doing, like I said, a little something different tomorrow. But then, and it's mainly because we're seeing some of my girlfriend's friends Saturday. They're coming in from out of town. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well... I see people Friday. I see people Saturday. What's really the difference? I'm still interacting with people, but then I won't see anyone next weekend. Right. And then the, you know, I'll go two weeks before I see anyone in IRL. So that's something that I personally right. do, but I do think that if you want to get your friends together, you should have a little bit of a gap in between you doing it. Do you want to, do you have to wait the full two weeks? No, that's just what I do. And that's mm -hmm. how, what they say, the symptoms, how right. long they take to manifest. Right. So, and I can, uh, and as someone who had to go through this literal experience that you're talking about of having to go get tested and waiting for this and it all is that a party let me tell yeah, you and all that happy horse hockey or triple h if you will throw about Reeves on the show thank you um it, they do say they said even though i came back negative to wait until the two weeks came up to see anyone right um mm -hmm. just because that's when you're still you still could be symptomatic and still be carrying it it just hasn't like shown up yet some sort of stuff like that so i i agree like i think Again, it's up to your barometer. It's up to how you feel. If you know that the four people that you see every week at the bar, now that you're seeing them every week at home, you know that they're all going home to their wife and kid and that's it, whatever, right? But if you're leaving people right. with a little bit more active lives and like there's there's VEDH, you know, you can always go and watch videos. You can go watch our YouTube channel and get your magic fix there. So I, 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 agree, with, I agree with that to, to pretty much the full extent. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say every other week is perfect. Like, play online mm. one week, play in person the week after. Play online one week, play in person the week after. I think that's a perfect rotation for it. Then if, like, Tuck and I had our situation where we had to all get, get tested, like, it gives you a perfect time to breathe. It doesn't really disrupt a whole lot. It's not as stressful as it may have been because you're not planning on this stuff happening all the time. Uh, so if you also just set the expectations in your head, you know, that'll, that'll go a long way where you, you won't get a little upset. You'll actually probably look forward to it every two weeks where you'll be like, man, I'm actually excited to get out there and play and see some people and do this thing in person. Um, I mean, at least that's how I am. So just, just set sure. good expectations. And then I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Awesome. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in to What's the Plane Chase. Now in that last segment, Squeed dives into those creative juices with the weather label. Coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee. So today we're talking a cat. We're talking a dragon. We're talking Wasatora Nakuru Queen. Yeah! Oh yes. uh, from MTG 2017. Uh, so this is 18 decks outside of my limit. So I apologize. There's Ooh. 218 of these. Oh, yes. 200. 
So is this, is this, know, this gonna I'm, be? Is this, this gonna be Queen Tribal? We got your Ant Queen. <laughs> we got your Lathless Dragon Queen. Uh, we got your Kith King Queen. Yeah. Wait, they don't exist. <laughs> uh, actually, no Tribal really. Um, so this card for those playing the home game, it's two colors: red, red, green. Uh, legendary creature, Cat Dragon. It's a rare. Flying Trample. Whenever Wasatora Nikoro Queen deals combat damage to a player, that player sacrifices a creature. If the player can't, you create a 3-3 black, red, and green cat dragon creature token with flying, and then it's a 5-4. Uh, so, the funniest thing about this is that I remember when Mikel had his dragon deck. He had this in there. He had the cat dragon tokens. He thought they were adorable, which they are. They are. And before- he tried to make it work for so long, <laughs> and eventually he just cut it because he's like, "This piece of shit never works." Uh, I feel like this is a, a uh, what or I feel like this is a weatherlight report squee that you need to take personal honorance on and try to make this work. Oh, I think uh, this will work. I think I got one of these lying around. I sure do. And not for nothing, the little cat tokens look like a thinner version of Mr. Bubbles, aka Stout, aka. <laughs> Get the bleeper ready. Oh, I'm a little fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So oh, poor Stout. Just getting all, all the love. Uh, so, I mean, really, the way that I see this deck working, and one of the key things that you need to know about this is it's going to be centered around extra combat phases and double strike. Because double strike yeah. triggers its ability twice. So it'll deal combat damage, it'll make them sack a creature, and then if it deals combat damage again, same thing. Um, so you keep doing that, then you take extra turns, and then you're ideally in a good swing with this, getting four triggers in two combat phases every turn. So, wow, Jund extra turns. I like Here it. Here we go. I, lo- I like it. I'm in. I love Jund. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the first card I wanted to talk about, it's a it's a beefy boy. Uh, it is Atarka World Render. Oh, so sure. Five colorless, red, green, legendary creature dragon with Don't flying even look that as well. Uh, it's a 6-4. Whenever a dragon you control attacks, it gains double strike until end of turn. So this is yeah. purely just to give double strike and have another big beater body onto the field. Uh, but the, what I really like about this, and there's a couple other enchantments and cards that help you get double strike that we've talked about in the past, so we don't need to cover those here. Um but this is something that stays on the board. It's not an instant. It's not until end of turn. It's every time this dragon attacks, it's going to get that perk. Um, so, you know, I, I think this would be a really good fit in here, and it would also uh, do a hell of a lot of damage by itself. It's just so expensive. I know. Uh, you know, whatever. We got green in the deck. It'll be all right. Yeah, you got, you got the ramps. You got the draws. That's why Jun, I think, is... I think Jun's probably my favorite. Uh, and I will say, the thing that I like the most about Atarka is, like, she can end games just on her own. Like, you're like, yeah. I mean, 12 damage at a time, even for seven. Like, if people don't have a removal or got crazy and can't get the draw, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this this card's good. And there's, I, I'm not going to talk about any more double strikers. I'm going to go more into uh, extra combats here mm-hmm. soon. But um, there's a lot of instants and sorceries that are one drop, two drop, three drops that give double strike till end of turn, that type of stuff. Um, so you can load up on those. And they're all 10, 12, 15 cents. They're really cheap. Um, so you can load those up into the deck as well. Uh, so the first card that I wanted to talk about for extra combat phases is Relentless Assault. So two colorless, two red. It's a sorcery. Untap all creatures that attacked you this turn. Or sorry, that attacked this turn. You get an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase this turn. That's um, not bad. So That's it's a four drop sorcery to take an extra combat phase. I mean, people are going to know it's coming, but ideally with a flying guy, what are they going to do? <laughs> 
I also like the so the new art's kind of fun with like the goblins and stuff. The old art is just like two jack guys beating someone with sticks. <laughs> it's it's really yeah, it's, it's very bleak. Yeah, I think I'm looking at what sixth edition maybe. Uh, so, yeah. the old, so there's ones like when this was reprinted in seventh edition that then that's when they switched over the artwork and it's yeah it's just two big beefy boys just slamming into this dude <laughs> on the ground with sticks pretty rad yeah four man four mana for an extra combat phase does exactly what you want fits the budget nailed it well thank you uh, so let's see if we can keep on nailing it uh, <laughs> insert boing sound. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we're going to talk about a card I'd never heard of. It's a common. It's Fury of the Horde. So five colorless, two red. Woof. It's a sorcery. You may remove two red cards in your hand from the game rather than pay Fury of the Horde's mana cost. Untap all creatures that attack this turn. After this main phase, there's an additional combat followed by an additional main phase. That seems sweet. Yeah. yeah. This card's so cheap. It's a. I think it's. Is that a common? I think it's a common. No, no, no. It's a. It's. You're looking at the cold snap. I'm guessing. Uh, it's a. Okay, it's a okay. rare. Yeah, it's a rare. Got it. Okay. But even still, like this, I feel like should be played a hell of a lot more in almost any red deck since you can just ditch two red cards and play it for free. Yeah, I think Nihab wants that. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, like you said, if you have to pay seven for it, it kind of eats. But if you're playing this in a mono red deck or a two color deck, you're you're never going to. I would just worry. Yeah. I I have a feeling that this card, this deck is going to be like if we look at the color pie, which we've started doing, it's going to be like green and then like a little bit of red, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit of black. So no, I think this is going to actually be pretty red heavy. You think so? All right. I, I, I say almost everything's focused around double strike and, and extra combat phases that I found was red. There yeah. was a few, maybe red, green cards or red, black cards, but outside of that, it was almost entirely red. So I'd probably just use green for ramp. Uh, I really don't know what I'd use black for. I'd maybe some recursion or something like that from the graveyard. Or <laughs> Removal, card draw, the yeah, other things that you know, all red, the good things that it the does. Other things, uh, the other things that red and black can't do or red and green can't do. Yeah, well, and then like you're playing heavy and red for all your combat phases, your double strike and your flyers. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I think it could work. Um, so one more card left here. This one is a conversation that we got to have. Uh-oh. I think. There's a there's a way that this works that's kind of broken, but I'm not sure. So let's discuss. Uh, okay. It's Breath of Fury, uh, two colorless, two red. Uh, it works exactly how you're thinking. Wonderful. So it's an enchantment or a rare enchant creature you control. When enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice it and attach Breath of Fury to a creature you control. If you do, untap all creatures you control after this phase. There's an additional combat phase. So you yeah. can do this as pretty well as many creatures as you got. Well, so the the only catch to it is you can't attach it to your commander, okay? Because your commander is how you're making the cat tokens. Right. Well, yeah, I would so never you, want to attach it to him. Ideally, so you, you'd always you'd always have to have it on a cat token, uh, each each turn, mm-hmm. and then you need you need, haste, you also, need haste enabler as well. You yeah. also need haste. Yeah. yeah. So you you need you need a token, this your commander, and a haste enabler. And then always someone that doesn't have yeah. a creature to sacrifice. Well, I'm and then you can have infinite too, combats. You know, if this is, is mid-game or late-game, you probably already have some cat tokens out there. You might have some other creatures out there helping you out. So I think you can just kind of ping this around to something as long as you have somebody to swing at and a, a decent creature that can get around or over or under somebody. I mean, yeah, I, I foresee this doing a whole lot of damage as far as extra turns go. Those little baby, those, yeah, little, I, I, those little baby bubbles do have flying on them. To be fair, 
<laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, I think you're underestimating how quickly this wins the game. I, I don't think it's a it's not a mid to late. I mean, it can be a mid to late game card, but you, you said it. You're in green. In theory, you could get this out turn four or five right. and win on the spot. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. This card is amazing. And what was it? It was like a dollar fifty. <sighs> yeah, I got it in my gear deck because my rhinos all got trampled. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> I have always wanted to run. I've tried this in a couple decks and it never worked for me. Um, however, when I was kind of going through these things, there is a card that would be a slam dunk in this deck. And it's gone from, like, when I got it, $15 to three. Hydra okay. Brood Mother. That, you mean, uh, oh, is it Brood Mother or Brood Master? No no, 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 don't do this to us. That's a Hydra one. That's a Hydra one. <laughs> That one we're not even going into because I don't want to look it up. Dragon Brood Mother, so it's a big. There we go. It's, it, she's a big gal, and she has a lot oh, of kids. Yeah. So, that, like, without getting too far into it, um, she pretty much generates a one-one red and green dragon creature token with uh, flying devour two at the beginning of each upkeep. So there's your token right to feed into the breath mm -hmm. of the wild. That's a flyer. This card used to be like fifteen. Thanks, mystery booster box two ninety nine. Hey, I'm seeing two sixty three here. There you go. All you card well, kingdom and, people. Ooh, and, and one new card I really think you would kind of want to put in this deck because you're obviously dropping down big things right. um, is Garuk's Uprising. It's a new card from M21. It's a two colorless green oh, yeah. enchantment. And when it when the enchantment itself ETBs, if you control a creature with power four or greater, draw a card, which you always will. But then it gets all your creatures trampled. So mm -hmm. then even if someone has like uh, Pat Nat has the uh, Psy Master Thopterus deck where he has all the Thopters. Mm -hmm. So even if you swing at him and he's like, jeez, I got to like block with everything and hopefully I don't die. Well, if you didn't have trample other than your commander, he'll live. But with this, it's going to give everything trample. But then it even has a static ability. Whenever a creature power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you also get to draw a card. So, you know, green apparently is the best draw card color in Magic. But I think for three one. So I think for, if you just told me, hey, I got a green enchantment for three mana. When it comes in, you get to draw a card and your creatures get trample. That basically sounds like Rhythm of the Wild right. to me. I just, that is a haste enabler instead of drawing a card. But then if it's a static ability to also draw cards throughout the game, because once this hits, I don't think people are going to target this, because we always talk about how few and far between enchantment removal right. is. And I think you can still get this card, even though M21 just came out. But gosh, what what is it? Run 50 cents. There we go. And that's even, I mean, that's how even often for does the, Mr. Combo talk about like a wild bordered one with the crazy artwork? <laughs> oh, he's holding it right now. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, well played. I wonder how long I was going to have to do that. <laughs> you could have just you could have got me again if you thought if you were like, oh yeah, we have phased out or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm not the new Teferi, which I pulled two of. Oh, ooh, very nice. Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, 57 cents is in the budget. It's an uncommon, so it's probably not going much higher than that. No. Uh, I love that you draw a card when it comes in, ideally, and whenever anything else comes in. Uh, I dig it. Well, I think this has got a lot of upside. I'm pretty excited about it. I might just give it a run. We'll see someday. Uh, sure. Other than that, I'll kick it back to the Action 4 News Desk with Mr. Kombu and Big Tuck. Thank you for staying with us, and as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, following us on YouTube, and placing orders through level1gameshop.com. 
Also, another way to support your news team is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower, with reward tiers for all the budgets, including the new ones we just came out with. There's a way that you, the collective, can help pay those bills. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 news team being following us on Twitter, FaceMeow, and our website, CMMeow. Oh, you can communicate directly with your team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Combo Number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting, from your MTG Action 4 news team. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good moon. Meow.